Welcome to X-Rated. I'm Matt Fisher. I'm Ryan Whedon. And we used to date, now we don't. Now we get together and talk about movies. And that is it. It's strictly platonic. Yeah. No talking about making dinner with liquid nitrogen. No talking about Disneyland rides. None of that. Wow. Hidden jokes. Inside jokes. Out the wazoo. Yeah. Which is where they come from. I actually had my wazoo removed, so I had an accident as a child. A wazoo-ectomy? Mm-hmm. It was, I was swinging, swing, swung too high, landed right on my wazoo. Couldn't save it. Oh, that explains the scar. Yeah. My friend got a wazoo cast, and uh, I was really hoping I'd get one of those, but no, they just took it out. I got to keep it, though. It's in a jar. So they, they removed his wazoo and gave him a cast? No, no, no. I, mine, they just removed. His, he, he got oh, a cast. Oh, he broke his wazoo. Yeah. And they plastered it up and it was fine? Yeah. I didn't know wazoos could heal. Everyone signed the cast? <laughs> I was jealous. But you got to keep your wazoo, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's... You could have your friend sign the, the jar. <laughs> That's true. Oh, I should have done that. Be gross, but... <laughs> just carry it around like log lady? Just... <laughs> What's wow, your wazoo? wazoo's big. <laughs> Is mine big? <laughs> well, I always imagine like a wazoo fairly tight and compact. <laughs> Does this wazoo make my butt look big? <laughs> or small if it's really large. I was going to say, yeah, proportionally speaking, <laughs> you have a tiny little girl butt. <laughs> Actually, just... I take that back. Girls like are more shapely. Their butts, I feel, are bigger than boy butts. <laughs> so their wazoos are probably bigger, too. So... Wait, how did you damage your wazoo? Swinging on a swing. And I oh. fell off the swing. It fell onto your wazoo. Yeah. But you don't know where it is. Nope. So it was just like an impact thing. So like the wazoo could be like in the back of your throat. Yeah. But it just got discombobulated. I mean, there's nothing worse than a discombobulated wazoo. <laughs> Yeah, the doctor seemed very grave when when he when when he had to say that. Well, it's not good news, folks. <laughs> Looks like Ryan discombobulated his wazoo. Can he come at you with like pliers? <laughs> it was a very traumatic experience. Now that I, now that we're talking about it, hmm. was it like my adult circumcision? <laughs> yeah, don't don't wiggle that around in front of me. Anymore. I was gonna say, do you want to sign my jar? <laughs> So, your boyfriend is a public school teacher, correct? Yes. So, how far along is he in his firearm training, or is he allowed to use his current carry conceal on school property? <laughs> well, yeah, thankfully, he's he's already got all that out of the way. He had to get that when he bought his Uzi. Mm. Um, but they won't let him carry that at school, so he's just been uh, packing his his rifle. Okay. Um, but his now, quail hunting. Yeah, <laughs> rifle. But you know, thankfully, if, if if all goes to plan, he'll be able to use his um his AK forty seven, which we've just got over the mantle. So he won't have to go through the the six months of intensive training. He can use his his current sub military skills right. in the classroom right yeah mm-hmm. um so i noticed that that your live-in wears glasses that's true yeah does that affect his depth perception or his aim at all oh probably yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean i'd never want to be in the firing range when he's doing it we he mostly just uses the ak-47 to cook bacon oh so. really? <laughs> yeah does he he wraps it around the nozzle yep 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 it's delicious there's nothing like it 
Mm. Hungry just thinking about it. <laughs> so you were on a vacation recently. Yes, that's true. Uh, you and and your man. Yes. And I cat sat for you for oh. one glorious night. That's... I can't wait to hear about this. I was just thinking because, like, you know, I've been to your place before. Yeah. But uh, And I wasn't snooping. <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. But having, like, the sort of time to gander at your place mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh you have a book next to your cat's chair uh-huh. that's like reasons to go outside or something oh yeah mm-hmm. and i was looking i was like do i know these people you might yeah i I was like i couldn't tell because they look like every seattleite <laughs> yeah tim edited that book for his friend oh uh, yeah his friend's boyfriend was one of the people that's on the cover okay okay it's a cool book they actually went around to every seattle public park yeah and took their picture in them and got a little description about each one and it was a several year project that they oh, put together okay. it's a fun book so while staying at your place i started thinking i was like how much would ryan disapprove if i brought a boy over <laughs> it was purely hypothetical mm-hmm mm-hmm but then I'm asking you. <laughs> oh. Would you see it as an invasion of privacy or would you be like, whatever? I mean, here's the rule. Mm-hmm. Just uh, if you did do something, mm-hmm. uh, you just take the sheets off the bed. You don't even have to throw them in the laundry. Okay. Just take them off, put them in a pile, and I don't need to know. You wouldn't wor- be worried about the rando coming in? Where are you getting your randos these days? Are you worried about my taste in randos? Because, you know, you're on that list. Ah! <laughs> um, then Yes. <laughs> No, I would have been fine with it, honestly. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. People's homes are their sanctuaries. I mean, I trusted you enough to be there when I wasn't there. I was like, Matt's going to leave through some stuff. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I have an idea for a coffee table book. Okay. It's a coffee table book of like people's dressing rooms and or their like green room contracts mm. with pictures of like the weird things that they ask for. Because I know that, yeah, Mariah Carey, no stairs. Okay. Like it has to be ramps up to the stage, ramps backstage everywhere. Okay. Cher has a separate dressing room just for her wigs. <laughs> and I would just Creepy. love <laughs> I just love to have a coffee table book that's like Cher's wigs, like the room for her wigs. Yeah. With like the and like on like one or two pages that and then on like the next page, like the the clause in her contract stipulating that a separate dressing room has to be sequestered just for her wigs. Is this why you asked me about that book that's uh, of the park system? Are you, are you pitching an idea to me? <laughs> well, you work in publishing, right? Sh- shares wigs. <laughs> shares wigs and Mariah Carey's calves. I got to tell you, shares wigs as a coffee table book, I know an audience for that. <laughs> it's built in. <laughs> did you watch anything recently? We did manage to watch Thor Ragnarok when oh, I got home. How was that? Pretty fun. Yeah? Yeah. I keep saying it. I have superhero movie fatigue, but like it was after a day of driving for like nine hours. You know, I don't want to think too much. And it was really fun. Jeff Goldblum is having a ball Mm. and uh, Kate Blanchett looks awesome. She's got a hot body. I got to say, and their makeup job they did on her. I don't know. It accentuated her nose in a way that was, if I were her, I think I'd be uncomfortable with. Oh, okay. But uh, she's, she's really great in it. I recommend it, especially if you're kind of over the Marvel movies, because this one was just silly and fun. It's directed by 
some New Zealand guy who did a bunch of episodes of like Fly the Concords and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I don't remember his name, but he did uh, What We Do in the Shadows. That Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Vampire mockumentary. That was fun. I like that one. Yeah, he's funny. And he plays a character in it, too. He plays like some rock guy, and he's oh. one of my favorite parts of the movie. So. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Check it out. You don't need to know anything going in. Oh, that's good. I didn't know shit about Thor. I haven't seen a single Thor movie. Yeah, I tried to see Black Panther the other day. Oh, yeah. And it was a Monday night, and the theater that I went to was showing it on five different screens. All of them were sold out till 10.45. Wow. Yeah. On a Monday. <laughs> I mean, this thing's, what, at this point, I think it's already like a couple weeks clocked old. 400 million more oh. than that, probably at this point. Yeah, no, it was like a... As of this recording. Record-shattering weekend, opening yeah. weekend. Which is great. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, hopefully, you'll get to see it sometime soon. Spoiler alert. Oh, oh? Uh, I did eventually see it later that week. Oh, but, great. Okay. Uh, and I loved it. I thought it was great. No, I was I was all on board with it. Helps that I think Michael B. Jordan is just a babe. He's so easy on the eyes. He's so, and just like the way that they like they dressed him up, like his attire and like his like the wardrobe and like his hair. I'm like, <sighs> he plays the bad guy too, right? He does. Mm. Killmonger. Mm. <laughs> mm. Uh, Sorry, but, I went away for a minute. <laughs> no, he's just Michael B. Jordan's just super yummy. He sure is. And a good actor. And a good actor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I definitely will be checking out Black Panther one of these days. I highly recommend it. Speaking of movies with black in the title. funny if we didn't mention the name of this movie until like 10 minutes in because the title card for this movie doesn't show up until the like 10 and a half minute mark that's true and even when it does show up like i don't know what it's referring to i'm not entirely sure either i'm just gonna go ahead and say the name yeah you go movie. jump in uh today's movie is beyond the black rainbow the first time i watched it i didn't know what to think uh i wasn't uh, expecting a movie like this because mm-hmm. someone had just recommended it to me just like on a whim didn't describe it at all or anything about it and i really didn't know what to think of it walking away and watch it this time I'm like oh actually it makes a lot of sense yeah like it's it's a fairly logical movie it's just got a lot of flourishes i guess i should say it's very stylish atmospheric yeah it it made sense like there's there's a narrative mm-hmm. that goes through it yeah, it, I mean, it may not make sense logically 100%, but it always seems to make sense emotionally. Sure. There's one scene later on where it's, like, Elena is sort of, like, escaping. She comes across, like, one of, like, the cleaning patrol dudes, uh-huh. which is what I call them because, like, they come in and, like, clean up her messes when she kills someone <laughs> and unmasks them. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, a weird little baby face. Yeah. <laughs> And, yeah, I was like, I don't know what that means. But, like, it doesn't matter. Like, you don't need to know what that means. You don't need to know. They're called sentinots, by the way. <laughs> okay. 
So yeah, this movie is sort of an homage to heady early '80s cult films, essentially. Yeah. If you like your altered states or your Jacob's ladders. Yeah, I saw a lot of uh, altered states in this. Yeah, watching yeah. it. Yeah, and it's just like sort of a hyper stylized version of of one of those types of movies. Yeah, but I love it. I think it does a great job. I liked it too. I think it was a little flabby in the third act. I think it needed a little editing back I, there. I did not remember the third act like at all going into it, mm-hmm. and I in rewatching it now and paying more attention, I was like, "Oh, this is why I don't." Remember. But up until that point, it's really, really good, and it, it does a great job of building atmosphere. Number one, and just creating mood. Like mm-hmm. uh, I love the synth score. Oh that yeah, it's it's great. It's like and it predates like it follows by a couple, couple years. years. Yeah, yeah, and like Stranger Things and things like that. But it's like in that vein. I uh, love synth scores just in general. Yeah, this uh, is a good one, particularly good one though. Yeah, it's cool when when you can get a real musician who knows how to orchestrate synthesizers in a way like this. It's just really drops you in the in the in the place and in the mindset it really helps and the look of this film is really good too mm-hmm. like color wise it's a very limited palette for the most part you got your reds I was gonna blacks say, and whites there's <laughs> almost as much red as a pedro almodovar movie yeah <laughs> there was a couple of fade to reds even I uh, yeah tears and laughter style uh, yeah <laughs> but that helps too that helps like set up the feel of this and it doesn't feel like i don't know what the budget was for this but it feels it doesn't feel low budget but Watching it, I was like, they couldn't have spent a ton of money on these sets. No. Like, yeah, it, do- it doesn't feel low budget, but there's nothing in it that makes it feel like it needed a lot of money either. Yeah. Like, their big sets were just like, I don't know, white rooms with like glass walls yeah. or a white glowing pyramid with smoke around it. Like, I don't know. I feel like this is all sort of pretty cheap, you know, sets and, and whatnot. Yeah. But- it's kind of like the American Astronaut where it's like, they probably didn't spend a ton of money, but it looks really cool. Like, they filmed it really well. Yeah, it, it looks really great, and they take a lot of care with, like, the cinematography, so, like, different scenes look different. Like, mm-hmm. they look very distinct from one another. Yeah. So, roughly, the premise is you have this woman that's in the, presumably, the Arborea Institute. Okay. Uh, Meaning of trees. <laughs> I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Founded by Dr. Mercurial Arborea. Yeah. Sure. Which I'm sure means something in some language. <laughs> and you have this woman there, and like there's a doctor that sort of takes pleasure in prodding her. Hello, Elena. How are you today? Hmm? She's mostly mute. Like she. You get the idea that she can communicate telepathically. Right. But she never talks. And there's something about like that pyramid room that can sort of harness her powers. Or control it or something. Yeah, because it, it, like, there's a scene where she kills like the secretary, essentially. Yeah. And it was like after he turned the knob down. So it's like she could use her powers on her. Yeah. But then he turned them back up and she was helpless again. Poor Margot. She was snooping. <laughs> Margot has it tough, though. Does she? Seems like she's got a cushy sort of data entry job. I don't know. Seems like she a... has to escort some comatose chick back and forth. <laughs> Seems like a Me Too thing for me, though. When he when he was coming oh, in, oh, he does get a little touchy with her, massaging her, and like talking right in her ear and stuff. I don't know. 
It's like, you got a wife, dude. Go home. All right. Take that to the bedroom. She seems she seems awesome, too. Does she? She made him steamed asparagus and brown, brown rice. rice. Yeah. If you're hungry, there's some brown rice and steamed asparagus in the refrigerator. Wow, that sounds really good. And, uh, you know, she smokes weed, so. <laughs> that's That's your bar for awesome? <laughs> Yeah, she seems cool. <laughs> by the way, was she played by Molly Shannon or was that just me? Well, I'm just I'm just sick and tired of being sick and tired, you know? That was definitely just you. <laughs> okay. Just making sure. But there there's you know, there's a lot of homages to early eighties films. Like it there was a lot, especially in like the opening credits, like the close up of eyes. Yeah. Which I thought was an homage to Blade Runner. Because mm, mm-hmm. this sort of had like the slightly futuristic dystopian vibe to it a little bit but i don't know eyes look really cool on film i feel like when a pupil dilates like that looks cool on film yeah i also saw some like uh kubrick 2001 going on in there a little bit sure oh yeah and maybe that's just like the stark hallways and kind of feel of it in that way but uh a little bit of that going on too so this director's dad was also a movie director. Yes. I've looked it up, but I don't remember any of them. Now. I don't either. But I, the only one that like I remember is Rambo First Blood. Mm. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so he's done he's done some stuff. But um this director, pa- Pas Pablo Pan Panmos Cosmatos. Yes, okay. Um he clearly has a large film vocabulary. He's watched a lot of movies, basically, yeah. is what I'm saying. And brings a lot to the table in this movie. I don't always think it adds up to a full experience, which was which bummed me out a little bit. But there, there were some really cool things to like about this movie. Yeah, so I don't know if you've ever watched a movie that George Clooney has directed. Mm-hmm. But George Clooney, I guess, like boasts that he watches a movie a day. And when he directs a movie, like, you can kind of tell, like, he doesn't know what he wants to do. Like, he wants to try all these tricks that other directors have done. Mm -hmm. And he just, like, puts it all into a movie, whether it needs it or not. And in this instance, I feel like he's watched a bunch of movies and he's distilling exactly, like, what type of movie he's trying to make. So it might be, like, a little tonally unfocused just because it's trying to be different types of, like, sci-fi or cult movies yeah which i can kind of see as yeah especially near like the the third act but really like at the first act especially and really most through act two i don't know like i i felt pretty much on board with it yeah the, that part the first hour i think is really exciting up until the point when uh barry our main protagonist uh takes off his wig and his eyes yeah i'm not rooting for him but like he is like the, the main focal or at least the the driving narrative character yeah. in, in the story. Elena is the one that we're like rooting for her freedom and her liberation. I guess I just, I felt like she was more of a secondary character. So like when she does start doing her escape, mm-hmm. it felt like a real lull in the movie for me. Oh really? You didn't think that like her, like going through like this nebulous labyrinth that is the Arborea Institute. <laughs> I thought it was cool, but it felt unnecessary like i don't think we need that weird mutated zombie 
clip. I don't think we really need. Oh, see, I thought that was a, I like, I remember that more this time around than I did on the previous one, because I was like, oh, she's not the only one here. Like, previous to the movie, yeah. it, it makes it seem like she's the only one in this clinic. And when she hits that, like, zombie dude, I was like, oh, no, there's other people here. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it hit me more on, on rewatch than the first time I watched it, like, the, the importance of that character. It just felt like, I just felt my attention kind of waning, because right before that happens, we see Barry, like, make a transformation and kill his wife, spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, it like, it takes that big, long time of her escaping, mm-hmm. and it just felt like it went on for longer than I wanted. Mm-hmm. I wanted her to escape quickly, and then let's get back to Barry, because Barry all of a sudden has this crazy transformation, and then we have this long period of watching Elena again. Where he takes off his wig and his pupils get really big all of a sudden yeah yeah He's got dead shark eyes mm-hmm. yeah and also just like i mean the hesher part too those like dudes who are sitting around the fire i think could have been cut completely too oh yeah probably just as far as in in terms of pacing because the movie is really good at pacing up until that point i think um and it built it's building to that to that moment when he actually kills his wife and then it's sort of like that momentum gets lost, I feel. She says something that stuck with me this time around where, God, what, how does she put it? She's like, Barry, you're not wearing your appliances. And it's referring to, to his wig and I guess presumably his contacts. Yeah. Well, like, isn't that the scene where like he like goes into his eye and he's like Pulls screaming? Off of him. But like they just show a contact being placed on, on the table. Yeah. But it they illustrate it like it's a painful experience. Yeah. That removing these contacts is is hurting him physically. He uses tweezers to do it. Tweezers, that's right. That's right, yeah. Mm. Which I'm already not good with eye stuff. But. Yeah. And they're like the bendy pokey kind, and he you just see it going in for the eye, and I was like, oh man, this is gonna <laughs> suck. Thankfully the camera pulls to the back and you don't really see it, see it, but Yeah. It's implied. But we're I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're talking about the end. We should talk about some of the cool stuff at the beginning. Well, watching it this time around, because the first time I saw it, it just seemed like a bunch of craziness thrown at me. Mm. And watching this time, I was like, I don't know. There's like a logical progression to this. Like, if I'm actually watching it, like, how does this scene relate to the previous scene? Like, I'm like, oh, no, it actually does sort of progress in a natural, like, way of things. Yeah. The part that I think I, I really sort of missed out on in my previous viewing was how the nurse sort of stumbled across that book there's like the beeping light oh yeah and like she's sort of drawn to it and pushes it and that drawer opens which i'm thinking like that's such a futuristic thing to press a button and have a drawer open (laughs) when i was like that's just like another thing to break piece of shit and she finds that book in there that's like got these like weird sexual drawings and sketches and things like that yeah and i like how it illustrates her sort of fascination with this book mm-hmm. by having her her cigarette go down like she's not puffing on it but it's still burning yeah and she puts it back and the ash on her cigarette falls right and then like when barry comes in he sees the ash on the ground like he already knows what's up and i don't like watching this i was like oh no that was real good that was, yeah. that was very fine like directorial choices there to like close in on the ash and like what he sees and like when it falls and like he suddenly knows what's up two things about that number one uh i love the production design that went into making that book even though we don't really get to see it uh in the way i would have liked to 
it's really cool that somebody went through and made all those pages. I thought of two things about that book. One is when I was complaining about Behes Lerman like, right. years oh, ago yeah. mm-hmm. and how like the set, especially like the costume and like makeup people like must just break their backs, like, you know, making Nicole Kidman look gorgeous. And then she's that gorgeous for 10 seconds. And then they have to like do another costume and another makeup and another yeah. hair. And like, you're not even giving the audience a chance to like love it. And then the other thing that I thought of was in the shining, the, mm. uh, all work and no play. Oh, like right. yeah. how Stanley Kubrick made somebody like his secretary, like type all those pages <sighs> up. And they all the had course to look different. <laughs> and that's sort of what I thought about this. I was like, Oh, so much detail went into this. Yeah. And we see it for just a second. I know. And it's also the shots of the book and also the cigarette ash falling are done in extreme close up, which this movie is rife with. Um, and it's it really adds to the sort of unease of everything. Like he uses it for establishing shots, which I you don't really, I feel like I haven't seen very often. Like we get an establishing shot of we're going into like his home, for example, but then there's like a short period after that where it's just like extreme close-ups of things around the house, mm. where it's almost like you can't quite recognize what they are, and so it really just adds to this feeling of like discomfort yeah it, it's hard to know exactly where you are in the world of this movie mm-hmm. when you know there's so many close-ups yeah which i'm sure was his intention sure it's just a cool directorial choice yeah it's keeping the audience sort of in a state of confusion almost yeah he also does a thing which i don't i've probably seen it before but it felt cool here where it's like what is, i think it's shot reverse shot is the is the term but um Barry is talking to his wife, Rosemary, and he's facing left, but also on the left side of the screen. So there's this whole void on the right side. Mm. And then when it cuts to her, she's on the right side of the screen facing right. And so there's this whole void behind her. Um, And it just sort of makes, usually it'd be the other way around. You'd have them like move to the opposite sides of the screen. Well, I remember with Rosemary in particular, there was like a window behind her yeah. or some sort of glass. So you could see her reflection in the glass. Yeah. Whereas with Barry, there wasn't that. Oh, yeah. That's uh, there was just the negative space. Because I'm a big fan like in paintings of negative space. Like mm-hmm. I love like when there's just like one object off to one side and it's just like white or just black mm-hmm. and filling up the rest of the frame. So I, I always notice stuff like that when like a character in a movie is like, off to an extreme like on the side of the lens or the side of yeah. the frame and everything else is just empty but yeah it is sort of a shot reverse shot but it's sort of weird because like you're getting almost uh like face on shot of barry yeah like it's it's angled but you're seeing his whole face yeah he's not like making eye contact with the camera or anything but whereas rosemary like you're only seeing the side of her She's face in profile yeah. but you get the reflection of her behind her actual self yeah i don't know it makes just for like a really I don't know if it meant anything, but it made for just, yeah, a really interesting, like, conversation yeah. piece. And if nothing else, it, it adds to the sort of, like, unease of everything, because mm-hmm. it's like, this isn't how this normally goes. You yeah. Know? So, um, that was cool. It worked on me, anyway. There's a point where he goes and talks to Dr. Arborea. Right. Who's, like, a decrepit old man. Decrepit. Um, As we all shall be one day. Yeah. <laughs> 
And there's sort of a flashback to like when he entered the clinic. Oh yeah. And I like, cause they really did like the extreme contrast where it was like just black and white in mm-hmm. like the most extreme way. And I was like, this is really smart because it's it, it's so white, like you can't see folds or features in someone's face. You can't see creases or wrinkles or anything. It gives the idea that they're young just based on the look of these scenes. Like sure. no other scene is, is this contrasted white, black, white, you know, for starters. But they probably didn't even need to do like makeup on these people because like the only thing you could see is like, Eyebrows, hair, lips, and eyes. Yeah. Everything else was whited out, essentially. We already have the idea that this has taken place in the past from sort of standard, you know, cinematic cues. But now it's like they don't even have to, like, get, you know, young-looking actors. They just, they can use the same actors and we're just envisioning them younger. Like, our minds are filling in the blanks in these scenes. Yeah. And I thought that was a really smart choice, like... This is a way to flashback, use the same actors, and like the audience is on board. Like the audience isn't questioning that this is in the past or this is younger versions of the characters that we're seeing now. And you know, on their end, they don't have to do much. Yeah, I know. I I thought that was just a really smart way to do a flashback. I mean, throw some wigs on some people, <laughs> change that contrast. <laughs> They do it. They... I'm sorry, throw some accessories on those people. <laughs> appliances. Appliances. <laughs> Shares appliances. Hmm. <laughs> this sounds like a coffee table book. They do that also at the beginning when it's so it starts off with this sort of intro video to Arborea facility. And it starts off with Mercurio talking about it. Yeah. But he's all his face is all kind of blacked out. Hello. My name is Dr. Mercurio Arborea, and I am the founder of the Arborea Institute. But it's definitely the same actor who we see later and is definitely craggy and wrinkled. But he's just, he, you're like you said, your brain kind of fills in the blanks and says like, oh, no, this is from 1983 or whatever. And looks young to me when yeah. you can't see any facial features. Yeah. Uh, and when he's like, old and he like asks Barry for assistance and he gets a shot between his toes Mm. I have a weird thing about like between the toe stuff like Mm -hmm. I don't remember which movie it was but like they cut people between their fingers I'm like oh I don't want to do that jackass oh I think it was (laughs) yeah you mentioned it this is the paper cuts I'm getting paper cuts between the webbings of my fingers the webbings of my toes. And this, like, he gets a shot of medicine, presumably, in between his toes. I'm like, no, that's where, like, heroin junkies do it. Yeah. Which is what made, like, that made me think, like, oh, he's just a drug addict. Well, he says, he's like, I don't like it in my arm. I don't want to look at them. He's like, help an old man. Yeah. And then he's like, sure. And then he goes to do it in his arm. He goes, no, no, I don't like to see it. And so that's why he does it in the toe. Nobody likes to get injections i mean i all right i'm sure there's some people do edge play people but chime in (laughs) personally having just seen the business end of a needle at the doctors a couple weeks ago i would much rather get a shot in my arm and just 
turn my head <laughs> than to get it between my toes. I know, it sounds awful. Oh my God, that sounds like a nightmare. I don't even have a needle phobia. I don't want needles going in between my toes. Ah. It's not even like the, you know, flip-flop calloused part between your big toe and the one next. He does it like the next oh, valley over. Yeah. Which is like, ah, that's a sensitive zone. <laughs> Ugh, it was too much. I but will it, say his initiation into the Arborea Clinic during the flashback when he like dropped acid and like went into like a tank full of like tar, viscous glue, um, and it was like the skull with like smoke coming in it, and like yeah. like this is why I don't have never done acid. Like, this is <laughs> this is basically how I feel like my trip would go. It's just like that. <laughs> Speaking of that flashback there, what do you suppose the mother load is? Bring home the mother load, Larry. I don't know. And did he come back with it? That's the that's another question I have. I guess I didn't attach a, a logical, like a, a reality based. You know, it wasn't like sorcerer where they like. <laughs> You know, we're not we're not talking about TNT or nitroglycerin yeah. or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess I wasn't thinking about it like that. I don't know that that's like a part of this uh, story that it's like it's sort of you just sort of had to go along for the ride because it was like it was my understanding that it was sort of maybe like a indictment of hippies and like acid trips sort of thing, being like, hey, you're gonna figure everything out, but then like having a scientist take it on and be like take this acid and then we're going to put you in a vat and like this is very important you have to come back with information for us <laughs> and so i felt like that was kind of the Wasn't thing timothy leary like a doctor or something i think he was yeah i don't know i've never read or listened to any of his it was before my time <laughs> anyway he comes back after that trip and i don't know i get the impression that maybe he feels like he didn't get the mother load. <laughs> Regardless, he broke his brain. Like, yeah. that trip was not a good one for him. Well, th- I mean, the implication is, like, he went in, like, a doctor, mm-hmm. and he came out a mad scientist. Because he comes out, and then he kills that woman, who is Elena's mother. But then I got the impression that, like, the Mercurio guy was like, I know what we need to do now. And it's like, I feel like he gave the baby acid and then put it in the yeah in the vat. Your mother's reabsorption into the cycle of life won't be for nothing, my darling Elena. You will be the dawning of a new era for the human race. And the human soul. Let the new age of enlightenment and then that's we got elena who has like psychic powers yeah yeah okay well, so you got that too that was yeah. just me okay well then my question was is barry elena's father because uh, she thought it was mercurio oh really that was the impression i got oh see i, I thought it was left purposely ambiguous mm. i thought he wanted to like fuck her well yeah no he definitely did even though it was his daughter ew yeah yeah, he was gross. <laughs> like, 
No, there there was nothing about his character that made me think that like he couldn't do both those things. Like <laughs> he could be Elena's father and still want to fuck her. Like there was nothing about Barry that made me think he couldn't do mm. both those things. Good casting, by the way, on Barry. Oh yeah, he is creepy looking. So uh, Pensmos Cosmatos, whatever the director's <laughs> name is, he's got a movie coming out in like a year or so starring Nicolas Cage. Oh yeah, well, and I was like, hmm. He's got a type. Like <laughs> he likes sort of his gaunt, late middle-aged male leads. Because yeah. I could one hundred percent see Nicolas Cage doing the role as, uh, of Barry. Oh yeah, it worked for me. Like I believed that character. Yeah. the whole way through. Definitely, he has like a very forward brow. That uh, he's got that bowl cut that only accentuates it. Yeah, and. It, he would be lit in ways where there was lots of shadow over that brow that made it like look like a skull almost. <laughs> and then, I mean, even once he took off the wig and his eyebrows or his, his appliances, appliances. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he just looks. Once he takes off his lip gloss and <laughs> his bracelets. But yeah, good casting. Yeah. No, because, yeah, he looked creepy AF. And then, yeah, when, once they. Yeah, I guess shave him bald or when he takes off his his appliances like uh, he looks like an alien yeah it was good in the first part when he's just like sort of uh, interviewing Elena mm-hmm. I'm like this is basically ex machina yeah I thought about except that with like no outside presence it's Oscar Isaac and uh, Alicia Vikander yeah hanging it's, out it's, <laughs> it's just those two because yeah he's just sort of taking pleasure in tormenting her basically like she's in her room crying and he's like you know this is always the highlight of my day it's like a control thing right because he with whatever the pyramid thing is he can control her psychic abilities yeah more or less it seems like so he enjoys like he kind of gets off on being able to control her yeah because like he's got that knob and like he definitely sends that nurse into her doom right he asked her to go in to like find some contraband yeah you know and she finds a picture of her mother yeah yeah and she like and uh, what does she say she's like did she die good and then crumples it up yeah i was like what she did literally nothing to you but while she's in there barry turns like the knob down and elena's powers can come full throttle now apparently she can kill with it because Margot fucking dies explodes in her head <laughs> blood comes out of her face mm-hmm <gasps> In a cool way. Like, that was a cool effect. I don't really know how they did that, but... Like, the weird, shaky, jittery frame. camera. Yeah. That was good. Uh, but then he turns the knob back up, and then we have the... I, I call them the cleaners. What are they actually called? Sentinots. Sentinots. Oh, my God. And that was the best music. Too. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, it's like a like psychedelic organ comes in, and it's in a weird... It seems like a weird time signature. It's not, but it doesn't matter. It's like throws you off and it 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 really works i don't know it's, yeah it's a weird moment 
in the film too because we've been going along with sort of just this like wow wow synth score and then suddenly to have something so metered and loud was really shocking it like it like took me out of it for a minute in a good way like it just shocked me this is one of those instances where watching the movie and actively trying to connect how does this scene connect with the preceding scenes Mm -hmm. and the the preceding scenes and the proceeding scenes really helped me realize I'm like oh the movie's not actually that strange like it it's directed very you know flavorfully (laughs) (laughs) but in a logical sense it's actually not that out there it's pretty linear too except for that flashback yeah time wise so i mean we're not struggling that way so we have the sentinot 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 that comes like an astronaut but you know for (laughs) sentiment for sentences yeah These are grammar astronauts. Uh, but yeah, the the sentinel comes in and like kind of cleans up, like takes Margot out, takes some blood out or puts something in. I, I wasn't really sure it's on vague. what I... the needle was because like it leaves like a glowing dot on Elena's neck. Yeah. I thought that they were taking blood and then that was actually what got injected into Mercurio's foot. Oh, that's what, maybe. That's what I thought, but I don't know. No, that could be. That could be. But then it like it killed him, right? Doesn't he die? He does, yeah. Yeah. But it's not it, it's sort of unclear as to whether like the injection killed him or if he just died cuz he was oh. a billion. <laughs> <laughs> he was super old. He was no, he was super old. <laughs> Like, he, he was old in that opening video, but, like, by the time we actually see him, like, no, he's, like, at least 150 <laughs> years older. They, like, moved that that production <laughs> shot up because they're, like, he he going to die soon. We got we to gotta get this done. Yeah, that, that initial video was the second film ever in existence. <laughs> it was, like, that one train video and then Mercurial Arboreo's, like, It was from <laughs> 1983. <laughs> For the Arborea Institute. (laughs) So we know that Barry is sort of like experiencing a break, a psychotic break, because when Margot finds the book, he gets a phone call. Yeah. Then after he hangs up the phone, he tries to make a phone call, but he f- the line is dead, and he realizes that oh. it was never plugged in. Yeah. And so I, th- that's just a, like a nice cue that like something is wrong with Barry. Yeah. Um, and then it just like kind of as if his drug abuse before that wasn't a cue. <laughs> and that was cool too. There was one scene where like he takes a pill, and then the walls, walls start melt. melting behind yeah. him. I'm not entirely sure how they did that, but it was really cool. I, it. What makes that scene so awesome is like you don't see it coming. Yeah. Like you're you're watching the movie, he takes that pill and then the walls start melting. You're like, "Oh. Okay." <laughs> like cuz it actually looks like the walls are melting. Like it doesn't yeah. look like it's CG or anything like yeah. that. So like the idea that like they were in like some or they had like a green screen or something that which green screen like usually you can tell cuz the lighting is yeah. off. 
There might have been like a scrim or something that they. But it really looks like he was in like a house of wax or something that melted around him. Yeah, I don't know how they did it. It was cool. That's one scene that I remembered vividly from my first watch. Yeah. That I was waiting for this time around. But yeah, he's definitely got problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and well, I think it just sort of, this movie sort of follows him through that psychotic break. When he initially goes home with his wife and he's like, no, I had a rough day. I'm just going to go to bed. Yeah. Turns down his asparagus, asparagus and brown, brown rice. rice. <laughs> he goes to the bathroom and he takes what I believe to be a disproportionate amount of pills. Mm. I'm not going to poo-poo anyone's you know drug use, but I don't know. He takes like six or seven pills along... That's a lot of pills. Like, whatever it is that you're taking, I feel like that's too much. <laughs> you know, if you were meant to take that much, they would just make two pills that were that strong. Yeah. But, yeah, so he he's abusing some sort of drug. I thought it seemed like it was in an effort to control the, like, psychosis that was brought on by that initial acid trip in the flashback. Mm. And that eventually he just couldn't contain it anymore so do you think elena's telepathic communications are agitating the unlock psychoses from that acid trip then yeah yeah i do yeah that, that would make sense at least to me because like he seems to enjoy it but i could also see it like flaring up or giving him flashbacks, flashbacks or whatever you want to call them yeah well and like for real it's a real thing that like doing acid can cause schizophrenia like it's like i think it's Sid a known Barrett, thing man yeah so like if you do enough of it and you don't do it properly and you're already predisposed to schizophrenia it could cause that break yeah so like that's what i thought the movie was about that's why i feel like he's sort of our protagonist mm. it was like i thought that was what we were following mm. until like elena's break comes or, or, or escape and then th- that's why i was so bored with that because i was like I, this isn't I, I kind of don't care about her. Yeah. I'm way more interested in his storyline. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, it does kind of peter out. Like, once they're, once she breaks out, there's a little bit where I'm like, oh, this kind of feels like Logan's run all of a sudden. Yeah. In a positive sense, like a Logan's run. Mm-hmm. Like, Logan's run looks totally cheap and cheesy now. But <laughs> uh, I, I, I enjoyed that. But, it, it, yeah, once she's out, I was like, eh, kind of, it labors a little bit because the director's not having the same sort of fun that he is with like texture and sound and like lighting, like everything's lit naturally once she's out of the place. Mm -hmm. There's two shots from her escape that I would definitely keep. One is that cool one with like the rainbow pipes. Yeah. Look, we're actually looking down, but your initial view of it, you think you're looking, uh, straight ahead yeah i thought that was a cool shot and also it's the only time we have an actual rainbow in the movie (laughs) so i thought that was kind of cool but then also the break room just before she leaves because it's the only it's actually i think the only time in the movie that we really get something that isn't stylized that is supposed that actually looks like it belongs in 1983 but isn't like Mm -hmm. a heightened 1983 Mm -hmm. and it's sort of a break from the atmosphere of the movie too you know like it was shocking in a weird mm. way where it was like, I'm so used to the, to the world of the movie. And then to have that be like, this is what actually 1983 looks like, or like seems plausible for 1983. It felt like, Ugh. <laughs> like it took me, took me out for a minute in a way that I liked. And, and I can't explain entirely why, but I would have kept those. And then you could just cut to like him 
running into her after she <laughs> escapes, and then it's like, you know. He then had, you, you would have had a nice, tight 90-minute movie. Could have cut 20 minutes out of there. He had a name for his knife, didn't he? Yeah, like Dragon's Tear or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, or like Moon Tear or something. or Something Tear. Yeah, but when he stabs like the, the one person like in the throat. Sucked. <laughs> it's a cool shot i just didn't feel like it was necessary because it it was it was like are we suddenly now it's suddenly a horror movie like i don't know i don't know it kind of felt like it was a horror movie to begin with we just didn't have any gore yeah i mean that's always the way that i sort of interpret it is like we're in some sort of i mean and and that's sort of the way that like altered states is Mm mm-hmm like we're getting this idea that it's a crazy movie, but we don't actually get much craziness until Act Three. Mm-hmm. I mean, this the craziness is sort of front loaded, but the violence is in Act Three, I guess I should say. Yeah, I guess I just feel like it didn't go the route I wanted it to. Like, yeah, it kind of ends on a whimper. It seems like it should end in some final confrontation between those two. It is a weak confrontation, like and a it, Carrie sort of showdown almost. Yeah, yeah. but like it, it's very weak. It's it just, and then it, and it comes after that stupid Hesher stuff where I'm just sort of like I don't care. We, we already know he's he's a killer because he kills his wife. Like we don't need to see him kill two more people. When spoiler alert, when he like, when he dies, mm-hmm. when Barry dies, like when his head hits the rock. Like, there was something about the sound effect. Like, I watched it with the subtitles on, and it said, like, uh, cracks head on rock. <laughs> and I totally read that as egg cracks on rock. <laughs> I don't know. There was something about, like, the way that, like, the sound effect. I was like, that just sounds like an egg cracking to me. It left a bad last <laughs> note. I was like, egg cracks on rock. <laughs> I was shocked while watching this too because it's like I had a time crunch while I was watching this and I was making sure. Because you watched it today. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, yes, but I watched it the other day too. <laughs> Wait, did you watch it twice? I did watch it twice. Wow. Just, just to make sure. Look I, at you. Well, because the first time I watched it, I took four notes and I was like, I can't. Mr. Over. Oh. <laughs> I oh. can't show up with this. <laughs> I need to have some more to say. But uh, Four notes? Really? You take copious I notes. I know. Well, that's a credit to this movie and how hypnotizing it was, I guess. Okay. But um, I was checking the time to being like, well, how much more do I have of this movie? And it was at like seven minutes left. And it's like, why are you killing Heshers oh. at this point? Like, what? we need a showdown. Like This word you keep using, Hesher. Yeah. Please define it. Well, that's how they name them in the movie. And it's just like, like a guy who's into hardcore music and really yeah didn't you see hesher with jggl as yeah. he's walking around in his tidy whities of course i did well okay i thought that was like the dude's name in hesher like no I it's that... like a type oh it's like a hardcore music type oh but yeah i was just nervous because i thought the movie was i was like fuck how are they gonna tie this up and it like tied up kind of weakly yeah well i'm glad you watched it twice <laughs> well i like I said, I had to. I like I can't. Four I can't notes. show up with four notes. I was gonna say you came with like eight pages on the Muppets Take Manhattan. <laughs> well, I had a lot to say. Did you like the movie? 
I liked a lot of the parts of it. Okay. I don't think it added up to a good movie. I'll, I'll give it that, too. I, I kind of felt this movie was a little weaker on rewatch, and I think part of that is because it made more sense. When the first time that I watched it, when it just seemed like a bunch of random stuff, I think I liked it more. Yeah. So being able to actually piece together a narrative, I think, was a detriment to the movie. It has a lot going for it, though. I mean, like, the production design is great. Yeah. The atmosphere it creates is great. The soundtrack is brilliant. There is a lot to like here. It just doesn't come together in a full whole. I absolutely will recommend this movie, even though I'm saying like I'm not sure. Yeah. Because it is 100% worth. Sometimes, a watch. sometimes I'm harshest with with the movies that are like nearest and dearest to me. When someone asks me about Titanic, I have nothing but bad things to say about that movie. I still give that movie four stars. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't quite the movie I wanted. When his new movie comes out, like I'm 100% gonna go Ooh, see yeah. it. Oh yeah, let's watch it. But yeah, good pick. Oh, thank you. Fun times. <laughs> what should we talk about next week? Let's talk about next week. So, if you remember, I think it was season three, maybe? I picked a movie that had one letter for its title. Mm-hmm. It was M. M. I'm going to do that again. Z. Oh, the Costa Gravas movie? Yes. Okay. I've never actually seen it. Oh, okay. Uh, but I borrowed a copy from my mother's live-in boyfriend and then he died oh well there you go so i have a copy of that movie perfect that i've never seen i was going through a criterion phase a couple years ago and uh not all of those are no exciting no they're uh, not but this was one that really struck me as actually this is a really cool movie i think you'll like it okay and if you don't i mean it's one that i've been meaning to watch for a while so it's a good pick perfect great i i knew that uh yeah so z cool should we plug our junk let's do it rate review subscribe on apple podcast especially the rate and review and then subscribe so in that order of importance yeah it it gets the word out about us and uh helps grow our audience so that we can soon advertise casper mattresses and hello fresh blue apron all of that squarespace uh, what's the underwear one? That me undies? Yeah, that we wanna. <gasps> Are you wearing me undies? Uh... Well, I'm wearing long underwear because it's cold. But oh. I have some me undies. I can I can vouch for how comfortable they are. God damn it, we need these free samples. Wait, ask me again. Are you wearing me undies? Oh, you mean the most comfortable underwear I've ever owned? Yeah. Of course, you wear them all the time. I Why can, do I, I even need to off. ask? I don't wash them. <laughs> Um, Get them perpetually clean. Yeah. God, what a miracle product. You should also follow us on Twitter. I am posting a Twitter poll this week. If you want to join in the ranks of democracy and help us choose a movie that I'm going to make Matt suffer through, please pay attention to it. Wait, why do I have to suffer through it? Can't you pick good movies? These are good movies. Are you out of good movies? Yes. Do you not have any more to choose from? We've gone through all the good movies. <laughs> this podcast has depleted you of good movies. <laughs> Trust me. The ones I have chosen, we're going to have a lot to talk about. But please watch our Twitter feed this week. I'm posting a poll. We'd love to hear you chime in on what we should make Matt watch. Also, you can reach us on email at x.rated.movies at gmail.com. And then visit our new site, sponsored by Squarespace. It was so easy to make. It was super easy to make. I mean, I don't know a bunch about making websites, but... 
It was so easy to pull. It just together. like all came together. Like I pushed a couple buttons and then like everything was there. It was yeah. wonderful. Well, I mean, they have so many templates to choose from too. So it was easy to just plop your information in and then it was a website. And yeah, there's just easy to follow instructions along with everything. What was that website again? So people can check it out? XratedMovies.com. Oh, yeah. And then follow us on Facebook at Rated X Movies. It's mm-hmm. the best way to see what's coming up next. Yeah, we love hearing from you on all these platforms and we love chatting with y'all. Mm-hmm. I guess that's it. I think that's it. Excellent. We'll see you next week for Z. The last letter of the alphabet. Z.